0: On this episode of Arisen, we celebrate the wonderful people working for inclusion from throughout the ecumenical partnerships that make up Arise. Today, we have an opportunity to speak with one person who's doing a lot for inclusion in the United Methodist Church. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Arisen. Welcome back to Arisen, a podcast by Arise Campus Ministry. My name is Drew Entz. I'm the ministry director. And joining me today is Pat Luna, who is one of the founders and leaders of Resist Harm. Pat is also a layperson, which means non-clergy, and has been a delegate to General Conference. Pat, how are you doing today?
1: Well, I'm great, Drew. Thank you for inviting me and, and being interested in Resist Harm. Appreciate it.
0: Well, you all have been so helpful to me and been a great support. I know we've met over Facebook, messaging back and forth and texting. And uh, it's nice to be able to have you here. We're seeing each other face-to-face through Zoom, but uh, you're all going to be hearing it, just the audio version. But I'm really excited to be able to put a face with the name and the wonderful person who consistently reaches out to support me. So thank you for that. Oh,
1: Drew, it's our honor to support you and all our uh, folks that would be impacted by some of the harmful things that happen in our denomination.
0: Well, I'm gonna just turn it over to you because our students, they hear me all the time. They wanna hear from you. (laughs) What is Resist Harm and tell us a little bit about it.
1: Well, thank you, Drew. Uh, Resist Harm is an organic grassroots movement um, that was initially created after the, as it's called, traditional plan was passed in the special session of 2019, uh, this very harmful legislation was targeted at our LGBTQ uh, community and its allies and was intended for one thing, and that's harm. And United Methodist uh, founder was John Wesley, and its top rule was do no harm. And so it violated all that we are, all that we aspire to be, and so we had no choice but to not be silent and, therefore, be complicit in something this harmful. And so we started Resist Harm uh, to be a resistance movement and to resist the harm that was was legislated and passed. So unfortunately, by a narrow margin, uh, by this legislation and all the previous. Legislation that is in our book of discipline that is so harmful to LGBTQ community and its allies.
0: I wanted to go back and share just a little bit for those that may not be aware. The book of discipline is the rule book by which the United Methodists order our lives and live into covenant and, and relationship with one another. And the traditional plan. I'm, I'm not going to get all the, the points, or else we'd be spending the whole. Time talking through the traditional plan and honestly it's a piece of trash that deserves to be not talked about but you're the, so right but the big thing is that it reaffirms the ban on gay and lesbians from being ordained in the church or for clergy to officiate weddings um, it creates a minimum sentence if you are to be convicted of that of being uh, one year and that's the minimum sentence it also changes things to make sure that those clergy and those persons face punitive measures uh, in much more harmful ways than previously, even though the previous policies were just as terrible and harmful. uh, This really was exceptionally cruel.
1: I couldn't agree more, Drew. And I think what is so uh, clear to those of us involved in this is this is the only thing in the entire book of discipline that has an explicit penalties, And so the the targeting of any group of people for harm uh, could never be something that I think most of us uh, would want to happen. And the thing about United Methodist is that uh, Pew Research, an independent research company, shows that the majority of United Methodists are very supportive of our LGBT community, and yet this small group of global delegates, which makes a big difference has voted this harmful uh, legislation into being. And so Resist Harm was designed to express and and make the majority of United Methodists who are so pro-LGBTQ, let them know that they are loved and supported by the majority of us instead of what this legislation would say.
0: And it is important to note as well that in the United States, the majority of delegates would have voted for affirmation in changing those rules. Certainly not all of the global delegates voted against it. Some, again, voted in affirmation. We have reconciling congregations throughout the entire globe. And so we have to be really careful about painting these broad brush that the U.S. wants equality and the rest of the world doesn't. We've heard some of those misnomers. And so I just want to make sure that we clear that up. I will also state that after the traditional and past, I believe, in every jurisdiction in the United States. So major areas where bishops are elected, a super majority of delegates were elected to be affirming and inclusive. And so all of that to be said, it really was these delegates making the decision uh, to create harm, not the majority of United Methodists as a whole, especially here in the U.S. And just for our students, I want to make sure that that's really clear.
1: Absolutely. That is super important. And you're absolutely right on the, on even in the Southeast and the South Central, which often uh, are painted as not supportive uh, in those areas as well. We saw uh, as a form of resistance, as you just said, the election of these wonderful delegates that unfortunately haven't been seated yet because we haven't had general conference yet in 20, that was originally scheduled for 2020.
0: Right. And so, because of the pandemic there was a lot of disruption and you probably have heard in the news that there is the plan for a split Uh, what that looks like how that how that will be handled is still something for general conference aside Uh, what we're left with is an elongated period where groups like resist harm and the reconciling ministries network which is another uh, group working for inclusion have Kind of helped create the stopgap to be able to continue momentum, making sure that we have not forgotten our LGBTQ plus siblings and making sure that the traditional plan is not used in a way that is harmful to, to persons.
1: Absolutely. And another group that's been very active and made a big difference in terms of organizing both Resist Harm as well as the successful elections is UMC Next which is a very widely accepted uh, group of people who has four priorities, one of which being inclusion. And uh, so we really appreciate their leadership as well, in addition to reconciling ministries and, and, of course, resist harm. The difference hopefully we're making.
0: So tell me a little bit more about the actions that you all are taking in order to work for inclusion and affirmation of all persons.
1: Well, one of the biggest things that we encourage our people to do is to pray. Gandhi said that prayer is the beginning of resistance. And so our movement has been grounded in prayer. And we continue to offer every week a weekly prayer that is often about intersectional justice, often about uh, other issues involving our LGBTQ siblings But uh, it is a wonderful opportunity and everybody can pray. And so it gives you a very targeted way to have a prayer for the week. We also have wonderful worship resources that are inclusive and uh, somewhat progressive, uh, but very intentional in what we have uh, offered. And then we have a great resource page for, again, intersectional justice and then finally, we also have some actions that we said, more direct action type of things. But those actions could be something as simple as, for example, one of the a group of churches in Arkansas uh, raised a lot of money for a youth center that was primarily LGBTQ young people. And so they raised money for that. That was an action that showed their resistance uh, to anything that would convey anything but love to, that, to the community. Another example would be an example example of uh, resistance that would be uh, more in response to something. And, and, and that would be where, for example, uh, the community there in Virginia, the Virginia Methodist for a new thing, brought a basket full of letters saying, we love Drew, we support Drew. So uh, resistance can take lots of form both in terms of very proactive, loving things such as the check to the youth center or things that say, no, stop, this is wrong.
0: And for those that might be listening and not know why a group of people will be dropping off cards in support of me and, and, and also uh, further for uh, people who are experiencing much greater harm than I am uh, for our LGBTQ plus siblings who are find themselves in ministry in Virginia or beyond uh, Bishop Lewis, has brought me under complaint for officiating a wedding back in September of 2019 and is one of two bishops now to publicly name that they will not hold the abeyance called for by every group that was involved in kind of doing some pre-work around what a split might look like. That's why that group specifically delivered cards, again, not just for me, but for for others as well, which was just beautiful and wonderful. And I'm sorry that they didn't get the opportunity to deliver them to Bishop Lewis themselves so that she could hear their stories and why they drove from across the Commonwealth to meet with her.
1: You know, such a common uh, phrase is action speaks louder than words. And of course, uh, we often hear, we need to do more than thoughts and prayers. Instead, Resist Harm offers a lot of ideas on how you can offer resistance for any number of intersectional injustices that are in our society.
0: One of the things that we talk a lot about Arise is that while Arise is a very intentional community focusing on social justice, that there are a lot of faith communities, like what you named, people raising money for a youth center people who care deeply about all sorts of justice issues, uh, racial justice, LGBTQ plus justice, et cetera, et cetera. What are some experiences you've had across our denomination of people just wanting to be able to have inclusive space? And what have those experiences meant to you as an advocate?
1: Well, as an advocate, uh, I can certainly... Uh, that lives in Alabama is Florida. Uh, I live, uh, originally lived for a long time in Montgomery, Alabama, but moved five or six years ago to the panhandle of Florida. It's a beautiful place, but it's a very harmful environment for those who are not more conservative. And uh, our churches here are generally are very conservative. So it's hard to find a church home that sounds anything like the kind of graceful, loving God that that I know and that I want to worship. And so, uh, you know, one of the real keys for us here has been a group that you've talked about, Reconciling Ministries Network. And uh, we do a lot because of the pandemic, uh, even more than we did uh, virtually because we are so few in numbers that it's easy to feel very alone And so uh, Reconciling Ministries Network really makes a big difference in terms of connecting people. And you can go on Reconciling Ministries Network and look in your area and see if uh, hopefully there's at least a group, if not a church, that can be more inclusive and you know you can count on them to be affirming.
0: And again, this is across the nation, so if you're United Methodist and you're looking for... A place, whether it's over the summer, when you move, after you graduate, whether you're stuck still doing Zoom classes next semester, there hopefully is a reconciling ministry group near you. I think it is important to just name that while we are talking about the United Methodist Church arises made up of ecumenical partners and the other denominational partners all affirm LGBTQ plus weddings as well as ordination. There is a big push right now for churches to come out and say, we are going to be a welcoming space so that people can know exactly where people stand. And people who are looking for an affirming church know that this is a safe space for them because there's just been too much harm done when people are not clear about their intentions.
1: To your point earlier, Drew, we actually now I think have two reconciling ministry churches on the continent of Africa, both in Kenya uh, which is really exciting that 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 is beginning to take on and some interest bubbling out up throughout that continent, among other places uh, worldwide. So uh, one can only imagine that this will continue, which is very, very exciting. But you know I think the the biggest thing that I try to do is always, Offer a welcoming and affirming presence to anyone I meet, but especially those who, who might not feel like they belong in a church or in, uh, in a relationship with God. Because the God I know welcomes everyone just as they are and affirms them and celebrates them. And so that's the biggest thing I think we all can do resist the harm in our society. And of course, I'm talking not only about LGBTQ, but people of color, people with disabilities, you know, obviously, I am a woman, so but women continue to express to experience harm, you know, all the different ways that uh, our society and unfortunately, including our church, uh, continue to offer uh, harm and discriminate against so many people.
0: Yes, I always tell people As you read scripture, it goes from exclusive to more and more inclusive. So the second that the church tries to be exclusive and go back from that, we know that that's not of God.
1: Exactly. And you know, when you look at the history of the United Methodist Church, we're slow, but we get there. You know, when we originally started, we were a clergy driven denomination. Um, and after this is after the Revolutionary War, and then we welcomed laity a, into a more of an equitable sort of partnership as expressed in we have lay delegates and clergy delegates to General Conference, for example. And so that was one form of inclusion. And then obviously, when women g- gained the right to become clergy, that was another way that we. Uh, widened the walls and welcomed our women into a more equitable, we wish it was, it was as easy as just changing the discipline. But we know even now there's churches that truly don't welcome women as pastors, but at least the Book of Discipline is right on that one. And of course, persons of color, um, it's taken way too long for that in practicality to happen, but at least uh, the discipline does not discriminate. And so many other ways that we continue to try to be more and more inclusive. And we will get there on this issue, but it's going to take all of us doing all we can. And so, Drew, you know, thank you so much for what you have done to affirm and celebrate all God's people and to be the pastor that you were called by God to be. That is all you did. And we give thanks for you and celebrate you and they're praying for you. And I hope everyone is. I can't imagine what you have experienced over this year plus to have this hanging over your head. So thank you, my friend.
0: Well, thank you. And thank you for everything you do. Is there anything else that our students should know about resist harm? We'd love to
1: get you involved. Um, If all you have to do, it's so super easy to get involved. And we only need 23 more, but we're about to be 6,000 likes. And you just go to, go to the Facebook. I know that's an old Platform, But some of you may still have Facebook accounts and we have Instagram and we have a Twitter. So just join Resist Harm uh, on any of those social media platforms. We've got a website. Again, it's got great resources and things, super easy to remember, ResistHarm.com. And talk to your pastors when you go home. Tell them you don't like this. If you don't have a pastor, find that Reconciling Ministry Church and let that pastor know that you're one of these people that wants to affirm and celebrate every person as God's beautiful creation. So I hope, I hope all of you will do something. You know, we can't all do everything, but we can do something. So y'all do the something you can do. And I give thanks for everyone who's willing to do something to make a difference in this world. We all are needed.
0: Well, Pat, we're so thankful for what you're doing. And it's not just something, it's a lot of, a lot of things. So Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for, uh, again, your support of me and for people all over that may only get to meet you via text, but then one day maybe i will have you on a podcast as well. And on behalf of all of Arise, we thank you for the ways in which you're working for inclusion and for justice.
1: You bet. Thank you, Drew.
0: For, thank you, each one of you, for listening and being a part of our podcast today. If you want to find out more about Resist Arm, you can go to resistarm.com. On Facebook, as Pat said, or ResistHarm.com. So you can go to both those areas to be able to find out more information about Resist Harm. If, again, if you want to find out more about Arise Campus Mystery, you can go to our Instagram at AriseGMU. We're also on Facebook, or you can visit our website, AriseGMU.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.